EA Turnpod is brought to you free by Anchor. On today's episode, we'll wrap up Sixers versus Suns. We'll discuss the participants in the NBA skills competitions for the All-Star Weekend. Trade season is upon us. We're a few days away from the deadline. We'll break down all the big moves so far and any potential ones that could be happening. A couple of flyers, pieces of news, and collective bargaining agreement meetings are being held in Florida this week for Major League Baseball. We'll wrap it all up with our WNRL of the week. But first, Joel and I talking about Anchor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PA Turn Pod. Lordy, lordy, it's episode 40. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Joel, for this momentous 40th episode. My name is Rob, and we want to thank everybody who's stuck around the entire time. Joel, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, raced home. I, funny enough, I was the second one out the door. I was supposed to punch out at 10 o'clock. I was like, nah, B, 9.55, give me that five-minute, dock my five-minute pay. Second one out the door. I'm pretty sure I was the last one to get home. Granted, I, I lived the furthest, but it was a miserable drive home. But I'm here, and uh, I'm off uh, Wednesday. I'm like, I would be working because I am going to AEW. That will be at the hey. World call Wednesday. So that's just why we're breaking the fourth wall, but that's why we're recording. I saw the um I saw on Twitter they have a mystery free agent coming in. So oh dude, I am excited. I have is that so are you going to like a house show or is it gonna be like a TV thing? TV thing. It's, oh really? It's it's both. So there's a chance that somebody gets that this mystery debut is happening tomorrow. Oh yeah, one thousand percent. Oh cool. He's, Wonder uh, who it is. He's Doug fighting, Peterson. Jesus. Oh no. It would, if it was in Jacksonville, I would I would say yeah. Oh right, right, it's in Atlantic City. Yeah, um, but yeah, he's fight. He's at whoever this person is is fighting uh, a young talent, and it's in part of this tournament thing. So he oh wait, so he'll be there. Yeah, the debut oh. will be oh, there. Awesome. Sign the contract and actual wrestle same night. Do you know who it's going to be? I haven't looked at it, so I follow um, a couple people on Twitter who like retweet the AEW thing, mm-hmm. and I follow Punk, so I'm, I would assume he that's where some of it comes from. But you get like the suggested things that pop up on your feed. Yeah, yeah. Like I get like sports reporters all the time. I don't follow. Um, I saw something about a mystery for years, and I wanted to bring it up to you. So, so I'm guessing there's rumblings probably of like people who think it'll be this guy and that guy. I haven't looked into it because I'm actually um, interested to see what you think. Uh, a lot of people are saying Jeff Hardy because he got fired. Oh. From uh, WWE, and don't they have um, non-compete though? Usually, that's the thing. He has a ninety-day non-compete, and he's like uh, day sixty, I believe. Okay. And funny little tidbit: they fired him because he jumped over the barricade and he was acting sporadic. So they assumed that he was on drugs or something again, because he has an unfortunate bad history. Yeah, that's a, a safe TNA. <laughs> But uh, it came out that uh, well, first of all, WWE were desperate to bring people in for the Royal Rumble. They called him. Mind you, they fired him. They called him, hey, you want to do the Rumble? He was like, nah. And they were like, all right, cool bet. Um, By the way, since I have him online, would you uh, – we were thinking about having you in this year's WrestleMania Hall of Fame. Would you be interested? He's like, nah. If it's not with my brother, if it's not the Hardy Boys, I'm not doing it. Why would I be a Hall of Famer on my own? So kudos to Jeff Hardy for uh, shutting down the mothership there. But uh, Matt is in the other company, right? Yeah, he's in yeah, AEW. Is that why they won't do them together? Yeah. That's that what they sucks. said. Oh, He'll be in there eventually. The thing is, Billy Gunn is also in AEW, but he was in the Hall of Fame with DX. So uh, it's, you know, who you like. That's because they always use that name to uh, to get money. 
True. But I bring that up because uh, I think this past few days, it came out his uh, drug test result, negative. So they fired him on presumption of him doing drugs, and now he's literally a month away from debuting for another company. Joel, um, some of the products that we carry at nutrition stores are uh, herbal detoxifiers, and it's, it, it's highly likely that Jeff Hardy has the ability to purchase an herbal detoxifier if need be. So You think so? I'm sure his piss came back clean. Uh, Was it his piss, though? Do we have the same brand of water? Uh, mountain showers. Uh, close. <laughs> uh, this is Dr. Thunder. No, this is uh, Acadia. It's the same color. Same color. Uh, well, so who, who else could body. it be? Who's it going to be? Matt um, Stryker? God, I hope not. Uh, Lex Luger? Um, it's probably going to be uh, another WWE guy who got let go, but he was big on the indies. Uh, named, a guy named Keith Lee. Uh, dude, he is... He's like a big dude, like a uh, stocky, but he's athletic, almost like Jeff Hardy, but obviously not mm-hmm. as nimble as Jeff Hardy, but he can do flips. He can do a lot of things. Uh, Keith Lee, and he just recently got married over the weekend. So shout out to the happy. Holy smokes. Couple. This dude is a unit. Oh yeah. He's a unit. And he's as big, if not a little taller than Brock Lesnar, but wow, he can move. So he's a free agent. His 90 okay. day compete has been, uh, you know, Done. Also, another guy, uh, Braun Strowman, who's also, if you search him up. Oh, I heard of that guy. He's got a beard, right? Yeah. If you think uh, Keith Lee is a unit, this guy is bigger than the big unit. I've heard of this guy before. So, uh, so I just Googled. A few names there. I Googled Keith Lee, and one day ago it says AEW may have already signed Keith Lee. So, yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Hopefully they don't become WCW and just keep hiring all the cast offs and paying staying a lot of money to do nothing. I know. Um, I hope not. But, so it's uh, yeah. funny. Other than that, that's what's up with me. Um, it's funny you mentioned that you stay the extra five minutes for the uh, the pay. So uh, I'm sure my um, my period of disclosure has uh, has expired <laughs> from when I was fired from Target yeah. in 2014 or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you were only able to clock in five minutes before your shift began. So I'd always clock in five minutes early. And yeah. then when my shift ended, I would always go to the bathroom and just poop for about a half hour and clock out a half hour after my shift. It's probably why they fired me. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, they fired me for other reasons because they wanted me to work on Sundays when that was the one day I was like, I can't work mornings. And they were like, all right, we need you there at eight o'clock. I'm like, can't can't do mornings. Sorry, bud. Football and, takes um, precedence here. Yeah, well, it was fall ball. Ah. And I mean, in hindsight, I was 19. I probably should have just done it, but who cares? Um, now look at you. Yeah. <laughs> Losing my hair. Um, um, that's all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm almost 27. All the good ones die when they're 27. So fingers crossed, my friend. Un- my fingers are uncrossed for that one, my friend. <laughs> Long live. I'm giving you a full year to find a replacement for me. Hey, man. My niece uh, would be devastated. And also your little two pups would be devastated. I can't. That's, that's true. I, cannot, I can't do it to them. I can't have my fingers crossed for that one. That's right. I can't, how can I live with myself with that? <laughs> but uh, enough about us, Rob. I mean, there's a lot to get to. I mean, from the yes. NBA. There's too much to get to, uh, some uh, would say. But warning, this might be a three-hour podcast. Folks, we cut a segment to make this work for all you guys out there. <laughs> yeah. Out of the plethora of things, we can only cut one segment. And it was literally maybe like, Saved what thirty seconds it shaved. Yeah, so. I think I think it'll cut ten minutes. Um, so let's just start with um, 
I guess some bad news. The Sixers have lost to the Phoenix Suns. Again. Um, so the Suns are actually, this is a big back-to-back win for them because they beat Chicago last night, and then they flew to Philly um, and is beat the though? Sixers tonight. I mean, is it? I mean there's no Lonzo. <laughs> I mean, we pretended it was a big deal when the Sixers did it, so. I don't know. Yeah. On it's a always a big deal when the Sixers do anything great like that. It was also a back-to-back, and you're playing two teams that are top of the opposing conference. So yeah. the Suns beat them. Um, the two things that stick out to me, three really, um, well, two of them were the mistakes that Embiid made late, and then the other one is um, – well, actually, I got another one. The officiating was pretty bad. I don't like to complain about officiating, but there were two fouls on Batista Imel that I thought were really bad calls. There was one where he blocked – or well, he got called for um, a blocking foul yeah. on, I believe it was Booker. Um, Glenn Rivers actually challenged it. If you watch the replay, Thibault doesn't even touch him. I guess maybe the call was that he took away some of his space for his landing. But if Booker doesn't flop like a like a bomb, then it's not a foul. Um, secondly, Chris Paul gets away with everything, but I guess that's just because he's a genius to be playing for, playing for so long. The other thing that bothered me. Yeah. Um, is I question if anybody on the Sixers has any type of court vision aside from Embiid and Maxi. There were numerous times tonight where they had a three-on-two or a three-on-one. The one where the three guys streaking, it was, I believe, Korkmaz, Green, and either Niang or Curry. Mm-hmm. Korkmaz, like, stopped at the three-point line and was like, nah, maybe not, and then started dribbling again. Passed it to the corner. Whoever it was passed it to the, the left elbow, and Green breaked a three. Another one, um, Curry got the ball, I think, in a corner. And Bede had Booker on a switch down low, and Curry dribbled into a mid-range that he missed. And then Tobias Harris, with probably the worst entry pass of my lifetime, he was about three feet away from Embiid. Embiid had, I believe, Bridges on him. Bridges fronted Embiid. Harris kind of threw like a little... Stop it. This is your your problem now. He just kind of threw it up to him and... um, and Bridges like easily took it away. So the Sixers really don't have anybody on the team that can make an entry pass right now. Curry's okay with it. Maxi is still getting better at it. The, the guy that was the best at it is not playing. And but the guy, the two guys that are probably best at it, because Milton could do it too. So uh, if they're not getting it beating the ball up at the you know the three point line that he's dribbling it down to the paint, then they're having trouble get, posting him up, especially when he gets switches and he had plenty tonight. So. Those are the things that stuck out to me. You were listening to the game, right? I listened to, excuse me, towards the end. I think Embiid hit a, a clutch three. And then I think it was an assist from Curry, I believe. Then Curry yeah. made a three, his first one. He had a shit game. He had a horrible game. Um, So he made, I think that made his only three of the game then. His only then, shot. Yeah, Jesus Christ. He and was one then, for nine. Someone was at the free throw line and the Sixers could not box out and let the Suns basically get the rebound. I heard something like that along those I lines. I think it was Chris Paul. Chris Paul missed the second free throw. They got the they got the rebound. Or maybe it was Booker. Somebody took a second free throw and they got the rebound and Paul hit a big three. That's what put, it was. Put him up by five. Um Chris and Paul. Something happened. Wild. Something happened on the court. McGinnis was saying that Embiid was upset with the the officials, but then he was more focus on the officials and arguing and the play kept going on and they needed mm. to get back on defense and foul. It was just like, it yeah. was a lot of things out of sort. It looked like Embiid from hearing it, it was like the Embiid of old of like the flopping or not even the flopping board, more of like going after the officials, but just being the, emotional. 
yeah, being emotional and just focus on the game, especially a key pivotal game, Western Conference number one seed, a potential NBA Finals if you know the stars aligned for both teams. Um, it just it sounded like a bad night for the Sixers at home, especially so. Uh, it wasn't great. Uh, the, the entire game, I was kind of watching it, and you can usually tell if it's going to be a win or a loss. And even though it was pretty close, felt like it was going to be a loss. Um, Booker had 35. Bridges, Bridges, who averages 18 points a game against the Sixers for his career, had 23. Chris Paul had 16 and 12. Um, Jay Crowder miraculously had zero points and 14 rebounds. Don't get me started on that. JaVale McGee, former Sixer, had 15 and 12 off the bench. Um, Sixers and Bede was okay. He was 13 of 25 at 34 points, 12 rebounds. Tobias Harris had a pretty good game, 30 points on 18 shots, seven rebounds. He's been kind of good lately. Um, I'll give him credit. Maxi was kind of up and down. He was not very efficient from the field, only at 14 points. And the Curry and Thibel combined for 11 points. Thibel was two for two from the field, but he was a minus 12, which was the lowest of any Sixer. Uh, he also played the second most minutes, but is what it is. Niang came off the bench, had eight. Corkmoss, Drummond, and Green pretty much did nothing. Um, Drummond had actually Drummond had like a mini triple double. He had four points, seven rebounds, and five assists. That's like a bench triple double, basically. A triple he just, single. He just double it in case they, uh, he actually got real minutes. But right now, they just don't really have a bench score. And I think until Milton comes back, they don't really have anything off the bench at all aside from Drummond's rebounding ability. And occasionally, Corkmoss can get hot, but he's been brutal this year. It sounds like the Sixers are auditioning to uh, be in a trade package because god-awful. You're telling me the sequence that you said earlier, Cork Miles gets it, stops at the three, dribbles, doesn't do anything. Curry yeah. at the three, doesn't do anything, dribbles, make, takes a mid-range shot. Harris yeah. is just pitiful. Green breaking everything in sight. Yeah, I wonder if... Thibel cannot... He shoots, but yeah. he's not good on offense. Yeah, he was two for two tonight, which is whatever. He only took two shots, but his defense is what it is, but he was in minus 12. And I, I don't put a ton of stock in a plus minus because there's so much that depends on the guys around you, especially when the Suns are trying to, you know, use screen and roll to get switches on everybody. And Chris Paul is such a, you know, a, a magician with the ball. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to beat up on Thibault. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. Um, do you think it would benefit Thibault if he was more aggressive on offense? Like, sure. You're not a good scorer, right? You're not KD or Harden, right? But go go for the rack, I guess. Go for the you know, go for a foul. Get your get get it at the line. Get some points in you. So he's good. Team. He's good in transition, and he he does, you know, get a little aggressive on defense sometimes, which is how he gets his points usually on runouts. Yeah. Um, if he could dribble at all, I would love to see him put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. But he doesn't really have any moves. He's very dependent on cutting and kind of spacing and whatever. He's still he'll, young. He'll take the open three when it's there, but I mean. Even if he's shooting him at 33%, I'll take it. Cork Miles right now is shooting 28% on threes. He's a shooter that can't shoot. So real quick, I'll get into the two mistakes that Embiid made. Yeah. Um, the one was, I wouldn't call it a mistake. It was it was bad judgment. Okay. Sixers, I believe, were down five. This might have been after the Chris Paul three-pointer. Uh, three okay. Embiid took a step back three with about eight seconds left on the shot clock with eight on him. Yeah. Excuse me? He, he They were pretty much running the offense through him because nobody else could score. And he, he took a step back three that like hit the side. It was like a Westbrook three. It like hit the oh, no, it hit like the like the square on the backboard hit like the right side of it, like the very outside of the square. And then um, Westbrook three is the most 
disgusting thing you've said on this podcast. And then with 23 seconds left, I believe it was, it wound up being 21 once the ball went out. But the Sixers got a uh, steal on Chris Paul, and B took it away or got a rebound or something. And they yeah, were yeah. down. They were down three. It was one twelve, one oh nine, and he passed it to Curry. He rushed it, and the ball went right out of bounds. And that's ultimately what did them in because then they inbounded it to Booker. Booker got fouled, went to the line, and that was it. Was all that was curtains. So I mean, it did feel like the old Sixers. The things that people complain about Brett Brown. Evidently, Glenn Rivers gets a pass because he's not Brett Brown, but. You know, the, the late game issues will continue to haunt this team until they get a guard. And that uh, reminds me of Glenn Rivers' quote after tonight's loss. I didn't see what led into this, what somebody may have asked him or what he was talking about before, but he said, uh-huh. we have no choice. We have to get another guard. We just do. Because right now they're backup point guard. Three guys split backup ball handling duties tonight. They were um, Danny Green, Furkan Korkmaz, and Matisse Thiebel the three guys that were bringing the ball up the floor when Maxie was on the bench or not like in the offense. So that's disgusting. To hear. Big concerns. Curry can handle the ball and beat brings it up from time to time. Harris can handle the ball, but chances are those three guys will be on the floor at the same time as Maxie. So they need a backup point guard badly. Um, whether that comes in the form of Shake Milton or somebody from the G league, but the buyout market, they can't really rely on that because as you saw in years past, they really didn't get anything on the buyout market. They, they they lucked into Bellinelli and Ilyasova the one year, and then I believe they, they got James Ennis through Trey the next year, but they haven't really done a ton in the buyout market. And unless they get a second star, they're not going to have a ton of guys coming here because they want to win. They're going to be going to places like Miami and Brooklyn and, you know, the Lakers. And Portland. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Portland. Don't get me started on that. We'll touch on that soon. Yeah, we'll get to that. But... uh would you look at Dragic buyout from Toronto? Yes. He's linked to the Bucks. I was like, oh, just take Brock. Even if he doesn't want to be here. I mean, they have George Hill. I don't even know if they need him. I mean, did you see how George Hill played here? Well, yeah, they need him. Yeah, but he's decent on the Bucks, at least. It's kind of like the uh, you know, the guy that goes back to the former team. Like Trevor Ariza looks like himself again in the Lakers. Yeah, right. Uh, I would take Dragic. He's probably cooked, but I mean, he's better than whatever they have now. You need J- a guard. JJ Barea still out there? I would never take him. Um, give me TJ McConnell. Yeah. Bring back TJ. TJ and, and Max. Honestly, I'm sure there's got to be, be nice. a veteran. There's got to be like a DJ Augustine or somebody out there that you can get for cheap. I mean, just give me a backup point card that has any type of semblance of defense. The only name that I've seen so far on the buyout market potentially is Thaddeus Young, but that doesn't do a ton for me. Fuck no. I would love to bring him back as a backup four, but I mean, that's not really what they need right now. Harrison if they Barnes. get if they go and get Harden, then Thad would make sense, especially if they're trading Tobias. So Kemba, I mean that's in within division. I don't think the Knicks will like let him go. They need a, they need one better than him though. Yeah. They're looking at I mean, Fox. The trade that you brought up the other day, I don't know if it has any like legitimacy to it, but Javon Carter could be the backup one here. Um, Please, okay. real quick, we'll jump into so we'll do the trade stuff in a minute. Um, we have a couple uh, like all-star weekend notes to get to uh, first of all. Yeah. Before I move on Sixers next, next game is Friday at home against OKC. Dare I say that's the RGGRG. Yes. Um, so I understand the Thunder play hard and that could very well be an Embiid rest night or a Harris rest night or somebody rest night. 
Um, and that could also be, you know, the day after they make a big trade, but um, I think that's a game they need to win. If they, if they lose that game, it, it's, it's bad because right it's now they're, I think two and a half games out of the first place and they're in the five spot, I think. So the top of the Eastern conference is very clustered together between Chicago, uh, Miami, Cleveland. the Bucks, and the Sixers and Cleveland. Cleveland's getting better. They got better too. Actually, yeah. I, I got a name for you. Who I would love on the Sixers is Malcolm Brogdon, since the Pacers are trading away all their players. He was linked early in the bench. I mean, the <clears throat> yeah, they, he was linked early with the Pacers. Yeah. I think even Sabonis, to, or not, not Sabonis. It was uh, him and Lavert. Lavert. I'm like, and look where Lavert yeah. is now. My I goodness. think if I think if that were an actual offer, they would have taken it. Them. Um, no, 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 they would have never taken it. Maury loves a beard. Maury. A yeah. bearded Mohawk guy from Brooklyn. He loves them. Shooting for the moon, my friend. Oh. Um, so All-Star Weekend, we have a couple of participants. Yeah. Um, ugh. So we'll do the dunk contest first. Um, Houston's Jalen Green, the Warriors, Juan Toscano Anderson, Obi Toppin of the Knicks, and Cole Anthony of the Magic are participating in the dunk contest. Joel, do you care? Uh, no. Uh, I mean, what- I, I love the dunk contest, but after the disaster of Levine... And Gordon, where Dwayne Wade was on another planet. Yeah. That was also the peak of the dunk contest, in fairness. That was the best dunk contest that I've ever seen. It was. And I haven't seen one since. Yeah. Um, uh, what would make you care again? Nothing. I, I don't I, think. Mm, I'm not into it either. I wouldn't say nothing. The stars. Give me the stars. Give That's me a LeBron. Exactly, Give me a yeah. Zion. Give me. Who else can dunk out here? I mean, exactly. Give me Zach Levine Gordon, let's run it back. Give me Giannis. Giannis is 10 feet tall. Give me Dwight. I mean, Dwight's not Fuck nearly no, as cool no. anymore. But so my next question on here is will Michael real Nate Robinson then yeah, will real players ever do the dunk contest again? No. What they should do is they should get two of these guys that are like, like these people to go viral on like YouTube and Twitter and stuff that do the crazy dunks. Yeah. Get two randos off the street that do that stuff and then have them participate with actual NBA players. Like Derek Jones and you know Levine, guys that actually care about dunk, or John Collins, even the guys that have bounced, it'll do it. Um, you can't force people to do it, but you know LeBron teased it forever. Um, different guys teased it. I mean, it's not going to be like the '80s and '90s where you had Kobe and Jordan doing it every year, and even like the, Vince. Vince Carter and like T Mac and guys like that. So and Iguodala, like when he had bounced. Um, How about John Morant? Oh. Give me John um, do you have a really two? So we're what about a week and a half away from the All Star break? Uh yeah. Like um, a little, do you? I think the nineteenth. Do you want to give me a, a far too early prediction on who will win the dunk contest? Yeah. Uh, Obi Toppin. I think I've seen <laughs> clips of him. I think he can do it. That's who I was going to take. I don't think there's odds out yet. I don't really care what the odds are. I would imagine he's probably the favorite. Jalen Green is like at more, pretty athletic though, so who knows? He's a rookie. He's young. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, there's no odds on DraftKings yet. Obi Toppin will probably do something, and he's a Nick, so everybody's gonna be like, "Oh." I never he, trust a, a man with a hyphen in his last name. So. Yeah, true. Especially really for a him. wide receiver from the back twelve. Um, <laughs> three point contest. This was. This is becoming more and more of the the main yeah. event. And years past. So the Bulls, Zach Levine, Desmond Bain from Memphis, 
Uh, Carl Anthony Towns from Minnesota, Fred Van Vliet from the Raptors, <laughs> CJ McCollum, who is uh, now a Pelican, Luke Kennard on the Clippers, Patty Mills of the Nets, and Trey Young of the Hawks are going to be the participants this year. Um, all I'm going to ask is who do you think wins and who do you think has the lowest score? Damn. I think it's going to be – damn. I think it will be uh, Van Vliet and Young at the end. I'm going to give the slight edge to Young. Trey Young's going to win it. And the lowest score – I have no idea who Desmond Bain is, but I'm not going to disrespect him like that. He's a good player. I'll, I'll say C.J. McCollum because when I think of C.J. McCollum, I think he's like – an aging vet like Mike Miller who can barely go up, up and down the court. <laughs> I don't know if he'll make it around the the arc in time. So but. this feels like it's now Trey Young's contest. Um, I was actually going to pick Fred Van Vliet to win it. Ah. I just feel like this is kind of his year. He's been yeah. so good. Um, Undrafted to All-Star. He's an All-Star for the first time. Um, let's go with... But this is what I was talking about. Dude. Yeah. No star. I mean, granted, there are more stars here than the dunk yeah, this contest. Is, this but is where's the Curry? Where's the Splash Brothers at? Yeah. Where's Embiid? Give me Curry, Clay. Give me. Give me both Curries. Yeah. Give me yeah, Luca. True. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, we have names. This Give isn't just boy, like your boy Dort. Like guys that are like, if you're a casual fan, like just someone who just watches, you, you can probably tell me who six of the eight guys play for. I don't know if anybody can name – casual fans probably don't know who the four guys in the dunk contest play for. I know Jalen Green and Cole Anthony are, like, kind of prolific college guys, but um, JTA, I don't – if I didn't Google that, I probably wouldn't have found it. I knew he was a warrior. He might even be a warrior. He might not even be a warrior anymore. But um, but I'm, I'm going to go Patty Mills to have the worst showing of any player. Really? Yeah, because he's not playing against the Sixers, so he <laughs> he won't hit every shot. Oh, shit. <laughs> Um, oh, wait, wait. Rob. Yes. Hold up. We might have some action here. We might have some action. Hold the phone. I'm efforting here. Holding my phone. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's not the NBA trade. Uh, one Cliff Lee is trending on Twitter. Oh, no. Did he die? <laughs> I'm efforting here. Actually, uh, no, Christ. no, he did not die. No, no, no. Cool, thanks. Thank God. I probably would have gotten a notification Jeez. about that. What the, what the heck is um, he trending on Twitter for? April 18, 2012, Cliff Lee pitched 10 scoreless innings against the eventual World Series champions, the Giants. No starting uh, pitcher has thrown more than nine innings in a start since. And then the Phillies would go on to lose one. Yeah, they lost that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Cliff Lee. Yeah, um, Cliff Lee had the worst run support one year when he was a Phillies pitcher. It always felt like the, the good pitchers got crappy run support, and then like Vance Worley would go out there and get seven runs in the second inning. So, the good fight <laughs> tweeted it, but also he's in a bunch of these mock top five lists. Ooh, Brendan Warren at Spe- Brendan underscore speaking my Warren. language here. He is of Access Twins that nineties baseball pod. Ill. Oh, that nineties baseball pod. Yeah, this is the only pod that needs to be. Worth mentioning here, the PA turn pod. Um, anyway, Brandon Ward apparently six hours ago tweeted, You can make a if you can make a rotation of your five favorite pitchers in your team's history, not necessarily the best, just your favorite. What does it look like? And I guess a ton of people follow this guy because there's a yeah. ton of quote retweets. And obviously, because Cliff Lee's 
be trending here. He's in every single one of these. Uh, I'll name here's one of them: Nolan Ryan, Kenny Rogers, you Darvish, Colby Lewis, Lance Lynn, closer Joe Nathan. I don't know what that means. Um, Roy Holiday, Cliff Lee, Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, JD Hammer. JD Hammer. Hammer never started a game. Jesus. Holiday, Schilling, Carlton, Hamels, Cliff Lee. Okay, so these are just guys that happen to play for the team you like. Yeah, yeah. So basically, uh, yeah, if you can make a rotation. Out of the five pitchers on the Phillies history, Ooh. entire history, they don't have to be the best, the top of in their era. But okay. who would you, you know, put your favorite? So here's one: <laughs> Hamels at one, Cliff Lee at two, Holiday at three, Moyer at four, which is a sneaky pick, and then Joe Blanton to bring up the <laughs> rear, which is crazy to say. Uh, let's go with. I'll, I'll make one right now, actually. Oh, yeah. So off the top of the dome. Oh, off the top of the dome, huh? Uh, Pedro Martinez. Ah, undou- bitch. Undoubtedly is going to be in there. <laughs> Zach Eflin, because he's my favorite current pitcher. Let's go with third. So I was a big Hamels guy. Let's go Hamels three. Let's go four, Aaron Nola. Uh, these are in no particular order. Uh-huh. And five. Uh... See who who was good. So they pretty much had the same roster for the from 07 to eleven. So it's not like there's a whole lot of interchangeable pieces. Did I say Cliff Lee already? I don't think you did. All right, give me Cliff Lee. <laughs> so I have uh Pedro, Cole Hamels, Cliff Lee, Zach Eflin, and Aaron Ola. Respectable list. Let's roll with that. Yeah. Pedro was the first one that came to mind because it's like one of those like um it's like Yarmir Yager on the Flyers or um oh my God. Um, what's a good one for the Sixers? Uh, like Matumbo on the Sixers, like somebody that wasn't here very long, but they were great elsewhere. Dude, I'm drawing a blank on this picture. He's like literally, fuck. When did he pitch her? The same era as Ryan Madsen, Randy Wolf. <sighs> Dude, Brett Myers? Like, nah, he was the number one starter. He was the number one guy. Fuck, why am I drawing a blank? His face is literally right there. I just can't. Not Halliday, is it? No, no, no. This is way back. Fuck. Like, oh, uh, you're thinking of like Randy Wolf? No, no, not Randy Wolf. Somebody else. Dude. Who this else is started? Bad. This so is they had bad. Randy Wolf, they had Robert Person, Brandon Duckworth. Um, oh, oh you think of Millwood? Millwood, yes. Yeah. All right. So here's I, I my was at his. Five. I was at his. Um, his no hitter in oh. Three, whatever year it was in the vet. I think they beat the Giants that day. I was at his no hitter. Oh my goodness. Here we go. Here's mine. This is a funny one, though. You ready for it? Yeah. Joe Blanton. All right. Jamie, Jamie Moyer. Vicente Padilla. Oh, dude, that guy <laughs> sweated more than anybody I've ever seen. Yes. yes. Um, Cliff Lee. And give me Brett Myers. Brett Myers fell on his eye. And then Ryan Madsen as like the first reliever to come in from one of those guys. Oh, you know what? My closer is going to be. Oh, my closer is Billy Wagner, 1000%. Oh, Billy Wagner's a good one. My closer will be Bastardo before he got caught using PEDs because <laughs> he was electric the one year. Uh, but all joking oh, aside. Actually, no. Oh. My, my, my closer will be Jose Contreras because he was, he was not healthy most of his Phillies tenure, but when he was, he was really, really good. I like that. I like that. I wasn't a big Lidge guy and I hated Pavel Bond. So, and Madsen, I was never a huge fan of his either. 
You hate it. Oh, you just fucking poo pooed all over mine. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and while we're at it, Jamie Moyer is a bum. And <laughs> um, here we go. Mine is uh Pedro Martinez, yes. Cole Hamill, Roy Holiday, Zach Wheeler, and Randy Wolf. Because my man can hit. He was Shohei Otani before Shohei <laughs> Otani was. So changed my mind. Did you know that uh, Randy Wolf's brother Jim is a major league umpire? And Jim was no. never permitted to call balls and strike. He was never permitted to work the plate on any of his brother's starts. Really? Yeah. If you look up a picture of Jim Wolf, he looks just like Randy. Um, <laughs> so they were never allowed to, so he was never allowed to do um, balls and strikes whenever uh, Get the fuck out, really? his brother pitched. Yeah. I think Jim Wolf still does. Yeah, he's 52. He's still active. Ew, did you remember Roy Oswald on the Phillies? I do. He was he didn't lose. I don't think they lost a single one of his starts in 2010 at home. Okay, well, he would beat the shit out of them. If they did. He was incredible as a Philly down the stretch. They were 102-60 that year. So the this is something I said before we started recording. Yeah. We'll do this in a future pod when we have a little bit more time. If they don't trade Cliff Lee before the 2010 season, and I tweeted this at Ruben Amaro and he responded. Uh, if they don't trade Cliff Lee before 2010, they probably win that World Series. Um, now, I tweeted this at Riven Amaro the one time, and he tweeted back and said something about it being a big mistake. And he also called me, like, rude because I said he traded for a deaf guy oh. because he because he did. Uh, let me <laughs> see if I can find it. I follow him on Twitter. I'm sorry. That's a wow. <laughs> All right. How about this? Which one? Which, which, uh, I can't even speak today. Uh, which uh, rotation would you take? Myers, Kendrick, Hamels, Eaton, Moyer, or Hap, Blanton, Hamels, Lee, Moyer? Uh, second one. The 2009 roster. So you didn't go with the 2008 Super, uh, World Series champion roster. You went with the next year's roster. Huh. Interesting. I do like Lee, though. Lee's way better than all those. I'm trying really hard to find. Here we go. Um, so Ruben Amaro on 5-9-2020. The Phillies as an organization always try to do the right thing for their fans and employees. It's simple. They are a class act. I said, like the time they traded Cliff Lee for a wild reliever and a deaf outfielder instead of paying the luxury tax. And he responded and said, not the coolest way to describe a challenged athlete. And the trade was for three promising young players in Gillies, Oman, and Ramirez. Not a good trade but wasn't about money, but tried to replenish our system. My biggest mistake is GM. So good for him for taking uh, ownership of it. But he traded for a deaf guy. So I don't know what he expected. Fucking gold. (laughs) And then I'm pretty sure he blocked me. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I'm dying. All right, how about this last one? And we can move on from the village for a little bit. It's nice to talk baseball before. uh, Yeah. Oh, we will get into that actually later on. Yeah, we'll talk a little baseball later. Uh, Boa or Manuel? Charlie. Charlie. Oh. Charlie took him to the promised land. All right. So, NBA trading deadline is uh, approaching. It comes up on Thursday at is it middle of the day? Is it like three o'clock or whatever? Three p.m. Eastern right. time, I believe. Okay. So Thursday, uh, getting a head start on it. These are not chronological order because the two I'm going to read off first, the ones from today. Or from yesterday, I guess, and then the other one happened a few days ago. So the Kings and Pacers, uh, in the time that we have not recorded, so the Kings and Pacers came to an agreement today. Pacers are going to receive Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Hill, Tristan Thompson, 
The Kings are going to get DeMontis Sabonis, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, and a future protected second round pick. So probably like not much value in the pick, but basically Halliburton healed and Thompson, which is probably the return they would have gotten for Ben. And then Sabonis, Holiday, and Lamb. Who do you think won the trade and what do you think it means for each side? I think this is the rare win-win. They all win. Players are now in a better spot. DeMontis didn't want to be there. Now he's in a fresh start. It's a fresh start for Buddy Heald. Halliburton gets new life. Tristan Thompson is the revolving door that he is a journeyman now. I think he's just salary to make it all work. Yeah. Um, I think the Kings, because they're looking for the future. Then they're building the core with uh, Sabonis and Lamb there. I think Fox, if he stays there. Yeah, I think Sabonis is the best player right now in the trade. But I think oh, the sure. Pacers, the Pacers by far win this. So not only do they replenish Karis LaVert, who they just got rid of, yeah, uh, they also have two guys that can... So Heald obviously has a big contract. They can absorb it because they're not trying to win right this second. I think they can maybe use him in this offseason as salary to maybe make a move if they want to do a sign-in trade for somebody. Um, the two thoughts I had were, one, Sabonis and Barnes probably can't play together unless they're going to go super-duper small in Sacramento or they trade Barnes. Barnes is out. Uh, Second thing is Miles Turner had been on the fence about signing an extension with the Indiana Pacers. I think he's most likely going to stay now, especially because he tweeted out a, like a video of some guy dancing earlier. So, well, because now think, he can play center now. Yeah, so I guess this means Turner can play the five, and not and Thompson's probably not going to play, but Turner can play the five, and then that second round pick means nothing. But Jeremy Lamb is fine. I feel like he's been traded a hundred times. Yeah, Justin Holiday is the um, he's the oldest of the holidays, isn't he? Yeah, because he, uh, he's older than Drew, and I think Aaron's the young, young one, right? He's second behind Christmas. But so, uh, so Justin Holiday's. It's really just a bonus for Halliburton and Heald, is the way I read it. Yeah, and basically they're the two main ones. Everything I, else is filler to make it work. Almost any other team would probably not even trade Halliburton. Sabonis has been very good the last two years, but Halliburton feels like an ascending player, and I feel like he could have been used if the Kings maybe got closer to relevancy and championship material they probably could have used Halliburton in a trade to get a better player how crazy though earlier Trading in the season, him, yeah. earlier in the season this king's team were were clicking on all cylinders and then yeah. they hit a plateau and they've just gone south yeah. and now they're trading pieces away but yeah, they fired their coach that too and now they got reloaded with Sabonis in there now i'm interested to see how that works i don't know if it fits that well with fox because neither guy can really shoot but I mean, they can't. Sabonis is a better shooter than than five. Like he's not like a, you know, a true stretch four. But I, th- I feel like he's more of a creator from the post. But also, we we have no idea what the long term plan is. This yeah. could be just a pawn in a bigger s- scheme of things. Yeah. You never know what Sacramento's going to do. They do need stars though to bring in revenue. I tell you. Yeah, that. they're trying. That's for sure. Um, the What's Kings, the I believe, there? the Kings have also been linked to Jeremy Grant, which would almost be completely redundant with him. Sabonis and Barnes. Um, the Wizards were supposedly um, interested in Sabonis and they missed out on him. They could still probably get him this offseason, but Sabonis for Davis Bertans feels like almost like a small upgrade anyway. Um, Portland and New Orleans made a trade today. This Ooh. is the, the largest of the names. So Pelicans received CJ McCollum, Larry Nance Jr., and Tony Snell. Tony Snell, by the way, who has not missed a free throw in three years. Um, you just tri- cursed them. Too bad. Uh, I don't. I'm, no one's going to see it. Um, the Trailblazers received Josh Hart, Tomas Sadaransky, Nikhil Alexander Walker, 
Didi something or other, but it's not Gregorius. Uh, but 2000, yeah, the 22, 2022 protected first round pick and two future second round picks. Jesus. Um, my first reaction was how does CJ McCollum have less value than Norman Powell? I saw that. <laughs> because they got pretty good value for Powell, I thought. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, yeah, what, Justice Winslow, um, some other dude, some other dude. I forgot, and yeah. I already forgot it. It was one of those, like, wait, what? Head scratcher, because the Clippers was, went uh, for the... It was Bledsoe, wasn't it? It was Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe, yes. Bledsoe and Justice Winslow and uh, a third player. I forget who the third guy was. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested to see. So, the Blazers are really supposedly uh, freeing up space for the offseason. So, the idea for them is they want to keep Lillard, and I think they're going to. I don't see Lillard leaving unless there's, like, a falling out. But it seems like they're trying to create cap room which yeah. in essence, that's what they did here. I kind of like Josh Hart. Um, Sadoransky makes sense on a team that doesn't already have a point guard. Like he, he can be a, a, a like a fringe starter or back, like a second unit guy. Nikhil Alexander-Walker is the, I believe, the cousin of Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And he, he's a <laughs> young player, hasn't really developed a ton, but he seems like he would be somebody who could thrive in a, an environment like that. So we'll see what happens there. Um it's nice that the Phillies were able to get rid of Didi's contract in this trade. Um, <laughs> I've never heard of Didi Luzada before. And the, uh, the protected first round pick is fine. But I mean, the two seconds don't really do much for me. What do you think of this trade? I think the, the Blazers are, are making moves and they're showing Dame and the league that they're now finally, for whatever reason, for whatever reason it took this long, they're going all in on Dame Lillard as a centerpiece of this team going forward, which is a crime that it's taken this long. I honestly like Josh Hart's fit with Lillard more than I like McCollum's. And I think getting rid of McCollum's contract is the biggest thing that they did here. Yeah. Um, I don't see him as a very good piece moving forward. And I think he was going to damage them in the same way that Tobias Harris potentially could do that here. Um, if you would have offered me McCollum straight up for Harris, I probably would not have done it. At this point, his value, I feel like, is is very limited. Now, and I, I like CJ's game, but I think he makes a lot more sense as like a third or fourth option somewhere at this point. And on the on the uh, the Pelicans, I think it'll be interesting. Now, do you say that what you know now, or then? Because then, when it was first talked about Cullum and Harris and BS, Harris was not doing well, and he was not yeah. very well received in Philly. Now he's as you mentioned earlier in the show, he's, you know, turning around a little bit. He's yeah. scoring more. He's more efficient. But then, if it was then McCollum and Harris, would you have done it then? Um, in January, maybe. But after the beginning of January, when Harris really turned it around, I wonder if the COVID thing really impacted Tobias Harris because he's always been kind of heavier anyway. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if losing a little bit of weight and not being able to shoot for a little bit kind of hurt him. He was also out for a while. I feel like him and Embiid were both out for like two and a half weeks with COVID, whereas guys are out like four days at this point. Embiid felt um, like a month. I bet you they held Embiid out for rest purposes, to be honest with you. True. Um, but Harris, I thought, was a little bit of a beneficiary of shooting in like kind of empty gyms last year. <laughs> in fairness, he has turned it around to an extent, and I, he's always been streaky, so it is what it is. Uh, you take the good with the bad, and right now he's on a good streak. Um, a month and a half ago, I would have probably reluctantly done it. Um, the reason I never really wanted to trade um, 25 for him is because the goal was Lillard. 
it's like shooting for a gold medal and getting a bronze and getting a column. So I was never interested in that. Yeah. I would rather add to Simmons to get something better than trade Simmons away for teams that are adding to crappy assets to get him. Sure. Like I'd rather trade away the four quarters for the dollar instead of trade the dollar for the four quarters. Um, and then the last piece here is uh Karis Levert traded to Cleveland. Uh, it was Karis Levert and Miami's 2022 second round pick traded to Cleveland. The Pacers received Ricky Rubio, which right now is just an expiring contract, a lottery protected 2022 first round pick Houston's second round pick this year, which will be a high pick in the early thirties and the jazz 2027 second round pick, which means they are getting a middle schooler in the trade. Um, Jeffrey Epstein would be thrilled. Um, so Rubio right now is just an expiring contract. He is in this trade. He's out with an ACL injury. Um, in Indy before the Sabonis trade, I don't know what the uh, the like the financials look like now, but at the time of this trade, they were projected to have about twenty six million dollars in cap room approaching the offseason. Now trading Sabonis might help that, but bringing in Heal doesn't help. But um, it could they be were, a piece though. Yeah, between them, the Pistons, the Magic, and the Spurs. They were the four teams that had the most cap space moving into the offseason. And uh, supposedly the Mavericks tried to make a push to get Levert at, uh, quote-unquote, the 11th hour. So interesting stuff. I like Karis Levert a lot. I would have enjoyed him here, but he's also coming off a pretty bad injury. So, I mean, we've had riddled injury players yeah. before on the Sixers. It would have been no different. Yeah, he would have just gotten here. He would have probably forgotten how to spell or something but he with the, all the stuff have- the Sixers players have had. He would have fit in properly here. Like, he would have ah, shown up. Goods. Either the he would have done the the Michael Beasley thing where he forgot to take off his starter jacket, <laughs> or he would have checked in. He would have had both shoes on the wrong foot. Like, oh my um, gosh! I like Levert. It's an interesting fit with Garland and Sexton already in Cleveland, but I, they have a good thing going. And why not yeah. add good players to it? I mean, they added something for nothing basically. With they they traded Rubio, who's not playing anyway. So they looking pretty. I don't good. hate it. And it's a lottery-protected pick, so if they make the playoffs, then that pick just probably becomes like a second. I like how Cleveland is moving. Cleveland is moving quietly, efficiently, Yeah, and they stuck to their guns for their loyalty with Kevin Love and Kevin Love's loyalty to that team as well and that fan base. They're riding with him. Veteran presence there um, with the young guys. I like it. I like Cleveland. Do you think they'll trade um, Brogdon, the Pacers? If the offer, of course, if the offer is right, sure. But yeah. right now, I don't think so. I think they're less likely now. Uh, last piece of news the Lakers have been rumored to be interested in Terrence Ross, really shooting for the moon here. Um, the only trade piece they really have is Taylor Horton Tucker and a first round pick. Um, this is kind of like a who cares move at this point. I don't think, I don't think he makes them any better. Dude, the Lakers fucked themselves. Excuse my, excuse my French. But- they talked us into thinking THT was a real player and then he stinks. They went all in on getting Russell Westbrook, and Russell Westbrook has hurt his his own stock. They're the so third now team now to realize to that he's impossible to trade now. Yeah, I mean the 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 Rockets took him on, then the Wizards took him on, and now the Lakers did. And he's been a waste everywhere he's gone. Um, the Sixers have been linked, obviously, to James Harden. A lot of things circulating <sighs> today. Um, this you know the rumors are about. Some people think that's why Curry played so poorly tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so many believe it will happen before the deadline Thursday. 
Um, my colleague and I will make predictions as far as that goes in a moment. Um, one report says Nets executives do not wish to move hard and they don't think it's a good business move. However, it is apparent that he does not intend to resign with Brooklyn this offseason. Harden has a player option following this season, which will likely decline, yeah, become okay. a free agent, regardless of where he goes. Um, the Nets currently are spiraling. They've lost eight straight. I think they just lost a ninth yeah, they um, to Boston. They were down 14 nothing at one point. They were down 28-2 at another point. Um, they lost. So now they've lost nine straight, eight against the Western Conference, and one against Boston. Kyrie Irving, um, with some of the mandates that are being – lifted in Jersey and New York, they're hoping will be available to play soon. But at the current moment, uh, there are only eight games left on the schedule where it seems like he, Durant, and Harden will all be available. Uh, Kyrie will miss six of the next 11 games, including tonight. So a bunch of deals have been thrown around. One of them would include Danny Green in a first-round pick with uh, he who shall not be named yet, (laughs) just for Harden. There was another trade that suggested, um, uh, I believe, Nicholas Claxton would be involved. Um, someone else suggested Curry or Thibel could be the one in there. Brian Windhorst believes that the holdup at the current moment is uh, Brooklyn wants more things in addition to 25, which could be Curry or Ma- uh, Curry, Maxi or Thibel, and the Sixers don't really have any interest in moving any of those guys. Um, Nick Claxton was held out of his out of the game tonight for Brooklyn, mm-hmm. and Jaden Springer was held out of the Blue Coats game for the Sixers tonight. So interesting stuff. Uh, Harden also participated in shoot around early Tuesday around. I want to say it was about 11 or 12 o'clock as I heard it on the radio. Yeah. But he opted out of the game and a lot of reporters thought that he looked good. And even Patty Mills, his own teammate said he looked good and he was surprised he wasn't playing. Um, Harden and the Nets are both saying it's his hamstring, but who knows? Come on. What do now. you, what do you make of it all? Rob, come on now. Sixers also held Simmons out of tonight's game for precautionary reasons. <laughs> um, um. Yeah, James Harden and the Nets. This relationship just didn't work out at all. Crazy how fast that happened. Higgs does not gel well with Irving. Irving, you know, you can't force someone to take the, you know, the vaccine. You know, that's his choice. Is what it is. Um, And then Durant injury is really hurting them as well. But he's been awfully quiet. You almost forget that he's on the team. The um, Kevin Durant because he's the one that basically recruited Harden to come here and, and he, he's definitely really like uh he definitely helped recruit Kyrie as well yeah um so it's I think this is the thing like this is the same thing what's going on with uh the LA Clippers with Kawhi recruited Paul George that thing isn't working out at all and now Kawhi is out for the year and I'm sure that's because of his own doctors his own how he feels not how the Clippers think he should be out um yeah come on now Harden doesn't want to be there. It is what it is. Yeah. And I sw- and my coworkers were saying, if Danny Green, Thibel, or Seth Curry sat out today, massive indication that they are involved in the trade that's going on. Yeah. That's going to happen with uh, Harden. Well, Curry basically sat out the way he played. Um, there was also a tweet earlier. Um, Curry's wife, who also happens to be um, the, uh, Glenn Rivers' daughter, tweeted something out about uh, it just doesn't make sense. And then Embiid started tweeting stuff. Embiid does this thing all the time where he watches soccer and he tweets about the game, but also there's double meaning to it. Like the one day he said something about Charmin Soft and it was the same day as like a Simmons report, but he was also <laughs> referring to like a call, I guess, in one of the games. He tweeted about um, something about like it's time to move or it's time to go. 
then Niang tweeted out, boy, I need a nap. Like, there's some weird stuff going on on Twitter. I um, really thought Niang was gone. I mean, <laughs> listen, unless it's Niang for hard and straight up, I don't want to get rid of him. Would you Would you uh, follow Niang? <laughs> listen, I um, no. <laughs> I like him as a sixer. I, I didn't really like him as a jazz player a ton. And the only thing I knew about him in Iowa State is that he got dunked on by Embiid, so... <laughs> That poor guy. You see the size difference? He's yeah. like he's like six seven two thirty, and he had a garden beat who was seven foot two sixty in college. So, I mean, so what do you think will happen between now and Thursday? Let me ask this: Do you think Harden gets traded to Philly between now and Thursday? Yeah, my gut says no. I think it'll be in literally at the tenth tenth club, like so, two p.m. Eastern. He'll be traded. Um, right an hour before. So I don't have this on the run now, but do you think the fit would work with him and Embiid? Yeah, but for the long term, no. I don't think it's as ideal as people think. People are saying, you know, they're, they're an elite combo. You put them together, they win a championship. Harden loves to run ball screens. He's not great off ball when there's no movement. There's no set being run for him. Yes. And B likes to ISO in the post. He's not really a, a willing ball screener. I wonder sometimes, and it, also if he comes here, so it. my next question is where do you draw the line? The line for me is probably Curry and Thibel and Maxi. If they don't trade any of those guys, the starting five likely has Harden slotted in as a three, at least on defense. I mean, he, he would probably initiate most of the offense, but then on offense, Curry's your three. You're basically running Embiid and Harris in the front court, barring another trade. Let's just say they make this trade, and then they maybe sign some guys off the waiver wire or whatever, mm-hmm. or the buyout market. You got you got Curry and Maxi in the starting five, Harden, Harrison, and Bead. That would be your order in terms of height. Harden would probably be the de facto one on offense, which would push either Curry or Maxi to the three. Defensively, Harden's probably guarding threes, and Harden's not guarding Durant in the playoffs or Middleton. What's wrong with having one of these current starters be the first option off the bench? So you Who would it have- be though? What are the names again? I would have. Here's I guess the thing. ideally, Maxie, you, you Maxie probably stays move Maxie. in a spot. Yeah. Maxi stays in a spot at one. Yeah. Harden at the two. Harden is your shooting guard. So that means Curry is out. Curry and, is your first option. And I guess you're starting either Corkmaz or Green or Thibel. I guess Green would be the most logical guy because then, so Harden, when he runs the offense, would like to run pick and roll. When they help, he finds a shooter, rotation ball, everything. You need a guy that can shoot. Thibel makes sense defensively, however, in the starting lineup, he's not making shots. You need guys like Curry or Maxi. You need guys like Curry and Maxi who are willing shooters. Green's a willing shooter, but you need guys that can make the shots. Niang's not starting either, and Korkmaz has been terrible, so you can't rely on him. I would have I think, Matisse come off the bench because yeah. that second unit, say an Embiid is resting or a hard, yeah. you need defensive stops, and Matisse is your best yep. fresh option at the second unit. Do you move Maxi to the bench? Fuck no. No way. Because then you have Harden, Maxi, Green. I'm sorry, Harden, Curry. It feels weird putting Curry on the bench, though, because I feel like he, he's been their best player aside from Embiid most of the season in the last year and a half, too. True. I mean, you, you figure the, the the closing lineup is more important than the starting lineup, in my opinion. This is assuming that it's a straight-up trade. Yeah, there, there could yes. be other guys in there. Because you could – it is linked, as you said, Curry with BS for Harden. That would alleviate a problem. But then it also creates another problem because then your starting lineup contains 
Maxi Harden, Harris and Bede and like Thibel. And I don't think you're any better than you were before. I would let go of Danny Green in a heartbeat. And yes, I would too, but they're not getting unbiased. anything for him. No, BS Green out. You're bringing Harden and then you find something off the waivers. Yeah, then you're relying on, I don't know. I just think it's a dangerous game to play, and I don't know how many teams are going to really be buying out guys that can help you. I uh, I don't know. And um, also, I just don't like trading within the division. I don't mind it from a Sixer standpoint because all you're doing is trading away somebody that's not going to play oh, anyway. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're replacing but, a nothing with an all-NBA player, but I, I don't love the fit. I, like I, I mean, I listen, I would prefer Harden over any of the other options right now. Um, it, especially over like McCollum, I wouldn't have wanted Lillard and Beal. Well, Beal's not playing anyways; he's out for the season. And That's Lillard is, um, it, I feel is also out for the season. I'm pretty sure. And I, I'm not really blown away by any of the offers out there. I mean, unless Halliburton and Fox were together in the trade, but then you got three point guards. And even if you took the Lavert and Brogdon deal, it doesn't make it any better. I think they're in a bad spot right now because they need a wing. Wing is really the biggest spot that they need. And 1,000%. Harden can be a wing-ish guy, but honestly, the, the my number one trade target, if not for Harden, is probably Jalen Brown. I don't see that happening either. No way. No way. Um, if this does get done, my man, Nets at Philly. If you, so, if you so. thought the traffic was bad, when we went to see LeBron sit on the bench. You might as well sleep at the stadium the night before. Facts. So it would be interesting because Kyrie wouldn't be playing in Brooklyn. And also, say and goodbye to your be kidney. playing in Philly. And say goodbye to your kidney because it's going to be overpriced. Yeah, but yeah you're right. You're right on that. Ky- mm. Kyrie wouldn't be playing the home games and Simmons wouldn't be playing the road games. So Brooklyn would be playing shorthand no matter what. <laughs> so where do you draw the line? Do you not want to move Maxi? Do you not want to move Curry? Do you not want to move Thibel? Especially for a guy that can walk at the end of the season. Uh, then you get another Butler situation. Jesus, that would suck. That's where I'm going to draw the line. I would, I, it, I, I don't even know how thrilled I'd be with losing Paul Reed or Isaiah Joe. I mean, I guess you have to, but the only, I, honestly, the only untouchables on my team right now are going to be Embiid and Maxi with Curry and Thibel strongly not wanting to move either of those. All right, here's, here's the thing. I draw the line at Maxi. I keep Maxi all the time, but. The question you asked prior, do I think he'll get traded? Yes. Would I, if I was Elton Brand and Maury, I would not. I'm good right where I am. That team is falling apart within house. Let that thing crumble from within and let it all play out. He's going to opt out. And if you can get him, you can get him. Yeah. And you don't have to give up your pieces. You just add it. Yeah. And then what? Simmons is still under contract, right? Oh, I said the name. Ugh. He's still under contract. You can still make a trade then. Yeah. The my concern season. becomes I don't, they don't have cap space to sign hard unless they dump both Harris and Simmons and get nothing in return for them, basically. Uh, Danny's off the books. They could probably move guys around. They could probably get rid of, like, like if they needed to, they could probably dump Curry, whatever they got to do. But it's interesting. Uh, would you rather go after Lillard right now? No. Uh, or wait for Harden in the summer. Let's just wait. say you let's just say you can't get Harden now. I, I think wait. honestly, if they don't trade Simmons to Brooklyn for Harden, they're not going to trade him at all until the offseason. Yeah. Um, 
which team has more leverage in this trade, Sixers or the Nets? Because the Nets know that the Sixers want to get rid of certain somebody, and then but the Sixers know that Harden's going to leave at the end of the season anyway. And I guess the price will decrease by the time we get to the trading deadline, but I still think they're going to have to pay a premium to get them if they do. Also, I, they could potentially be paying Harden $60 million at age 37. I think these Sixers have leverage. Even though everyone and their mother knows that they want to get rid of BS and Harris, possibly. They they have him on the contract. He's going nowhere, really. Yeah. He's legally bound to that contract that he's a sixer. Harden, the time is ticking. End of the season, he can opt out. So leverage is on the sixers. Whether they agree on the pieces and the small parts, the pawns in it, that is what's holding this all up. But uh we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, um and do you think they would make a subsequent move and get rid of Harris as well? Or do you think they would just kind of have to roll with what they have? No, because Harris hasn't been moved up to this point. He won't be moved. I don't think I don't think it makes sense to move him unless you were to get somebody who's redundant with him. Like if they were to get a stretch four. And he then plays it's, hard. Yeah. Harris pretty much has to play the four. And I think he's been fine. Yeah. And he was fine last year. I'm fine with him. And also his value will rise a little bit just by nature of how little – how, how, you know, having a fewer one less year on his contract after the season, I think he'll have two years left versus the three, including this year. So, the the closer you get to the finish line, the easier it is to trade him. He's got an unfair criticism, and yeah, I'll be the first to admit that I was ragging on him for the better part of this year. But in the grand scheme of things, that the cooler heads prevail, he has been a pretty solid option. Granted, the amount of money he's getting paid, he should be a legit le- number two star. Max yeah. is really the number two star on that team. Um, but letting go of Harris and number 25, you're just basically shooting yourself in the foot. And now you just have Embiid as your lone scorer. Maxi, a shit night tonight. Curry, non-existent. Thibault yeah. doesn't shoot. Court Maz is streaky. Uh, it's just Shake Milton's not even playing yet. You don't want to do that. So I think, yeah. And Harris plays hard. He plays night in, night out. And it's just a Philly thing. Like you get, we get on you. What have you done for me lately? And I'm pretty sure he played 40 minutes tonight, which is not out of the ordinary for him uh, in recent weeks. And 30 points, you said. 30 points. Yeah, he's been pretty good lately. I'll, I'll give him credit. Yeah. He's, uh, he's definitely picked up his play. Yeah, 30 points on 18 shots. Uh, his last game, he had 23 on 15, 13 on 8, 18 on 17, 31 on 25. So he's taking more shots. Or he's taking fewer shots than the points he's scoring. He's also gone over 38 minutes four times in his last 10 games. Uh, six, actually, five times in his last 10 games. So he's playing a lot of minutes. I'm just worried. The ascendance of Tobias Harris's game has been from the moment he's been in trade talks. <laughs> I don't, yeah, it is a little weird. I don't want the deadline to pass after the All-Star break. And he plummeted to the bottom of the earth. But here's one uh, last. Well, he's, he's very streaky. He, I mean, he is he is streaky. Streaky, you know, whatever. Adjective, Tobias Harris. That's what it is in Webster. But uh, one last note before we move on. Stay in the same building, but you got a little, get a little, put your hoodie on. and get a little cold in here. But uh, apparently... Sources close to number 25 say they are urging number 25 that if he does not get traded, 
by the deadline that he should return into the lineup. That is what I've heard. That is what I've seen. That's what I've read. Multiple sources that his closest confidants within his camp are urging number 25, if he does not get traded by the deadline, to consider joining the team and playing the second half of the season. What percentage chance would you give that of happening? 35%. I'm going to only, go 4%. Only because the deadline has passed. You are here for the rest of the season. Either take L's and lose money, even though you said, oh, I don't give up about the money. Well, you said that because you thought you might have been traded. You're not getting traded. Granted, you have that mental health, and you're not even in NBA shape. So, But apparently, you look great in the workouts in yeah. L.A. So, which is it? So, Do you think they would take him back? Willingly? Yeah. And do you think he would start? You have to. The I mean, amount of money you're paying? Who do you take out? You don't take Maxi out, do you? I think. I guess it would have to be him, right? Well. I mean, he makes you a better team. I'll be honest. I mean, he's a better defender than anybody they have right now. Well, hold but up. The problem is they have a shooter, a guy who's willingly shooting at the point guard position right now. Your your five goes from Maxi Curry, somebody Harris and Bead, to I mean you can make it work with him as your de facto three ish. Yeah, I would. But at the same time, then you only have you're not, not really surrounding set. him with shooter. It's still not an ideal fit with Embiid or it's Harris. Not a set position though. No, he'll he, he's, start there, but he's your ball handler on offense and your best defender on defense. It's all it is. Yeah, it, it's matchup based, and I think when they play against Brooklyn in the playoffs, and they play against. Milwaukee in the playoffs. He's long enough and he's strong enough to take a Durant or a um, a Giannis or even a Middleton, Middleton if they have to. Yeah, exactly. And he, he can disrupt Kyrie to an extent. He, he's done a decent job on the ball against ball handling guards in years past. I don't view him in the same way I, I would Durant or Clay Thompson. I'm sorry, not Durant, uh, Draymond or Clay Thompson, Yeah, where they can pretty much guard one through three. or In Draymond's case, he can pretty much guard one through five, depending on who the five is. I don't think Simmons is like a shutdown defender on a guy like a Trey Young or or I Drew mean, Holiday or anything, but he can so certainly be disruptive. I think he can do the one through five. Not as not as crystal clear as Draymond can. Draymond's a special player, that's yeah. why. But he can't because of his size. Yeah. He, he's strong enough. He can bang in the post. I mean, at least when he was at his peak, he could. I don't know what it'll look like when he comes back. If he's just gonna go through the motions and keep his phone in his pocket like he did at practice, that's one thing. Tell but he's, right ne- he's never getting traded if he if he comes back and poops the bed. So, yeah. And he's also so scared of making himself look bad publicly. There's no way he would want to play at all unless he just plays the road games. Dude, how simple would it be if he comes back? He's he has to live with the criticism because that's what you are as a public figure and as an NBA player or any sport athlete, especially for a hard nosed blue collar city as Philadelphia. You're gonna take the criticisms, but. When you come back, you're going to be booed, but there's going to be some cheers. Yeah. I think it would and, be 30% cheers. I don't think he's going to get booed completely. But here's the thing. The best medicine to shut those boos up, take the shots. Just be, just be a take better it. player. If he takes multiple jump shots outside of the paint and makes them, this place will erupt at the Wells Fargo or wherever he's at. But most likely in the Wells Fargo, it will erupt. Confidence is to the moon. Players are now starting to gel. You now have to defend him. 
because you don't know if he will now take a shot, a jump shot. Because those are infamous memes. You can count them all over Google. Ben Simmons at the top of the key. Not a soul near him as a defender. Because Nobody near him. Because he won't shoot. That's the best medicine for him. His confidence will go if he goes back to the Sixers and takes shots and makes them. <laughs> all will be forgiven. But hey, to wait and see, we still have yeah. a little over 40, under 48 hours. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's Wednesday so, now. Um, yeah, so we'll see. The, uh, the team that shares the building with the Sixers, we'll do this quickly, the Flyers. Uh, the only thing worth noting is Claude Giroux led the Metro Division to a win at the All-Star festivities this weekend. They played like this tournament thing where two divisions play each other, the other two divisions play each other, and then the winners play each other. Yeah. Um, he won MVP of the games, and uh, I can't help but think this feels like almost like his his swan, his song. swan song, doesn't it? Like it, he took he took uh, his son with him, Gavin. There's so much of cool pictures. He's skating on the ice with Gavin. He wins MVP. He's happy. Um, he, he returned to practice today at uh, skate around or uh, morning skate and uh, teammates did the stick tap thing and they all chanted MVP at him. The, this city has not appreciated him. I don't think as much as they should have. Um, it's hard to believe um, at 22 years old, they made it to the Stanley cup and they haven't even made it out of the second round since. So, and that was when he was a 22 year old in his first full season on the roster. So crazy. Um would you so he's a free agent after this season? Um, would you prefer to see him get moved or stay here forever? I want him gone, and that sounds harsh, but you don't want him wasting the remainder of his years here. Because you just saw how he is on a big stage, big lights, yeah, with capable you know teammates. Let's say if he had like you know two to three star teammates. I don't know how hockey really works. Yeah. Because they, you know, they shift in and out. But a capable team gels and look what he does. Shines. Yeah. He's wasting his time here. This organization needs to be revamped from the top to the bottom. Yeah. And I see here on the rundown that the Flyers did make a move in that depo- in the uh, yeah. front office. So I mean so I would the, yeah. I would have him gone. How about you? I'm torn. My my heart wants him to be here until he retires, but I think it's only right to ship him off, give him a chance to win a Stanley Cup someplace, and then the door is open for a return. But always, and he's still productive, and that leads me to a, a quote: um, Stephen Stamkos. So, uh, a lot of players had a lot of nice things to say about him. Evgeny Kuznetsov, who plays for the um, Capitals, had a lot of nice things to say about him. And then yeah. somebody who's had a pretty similar career arc, except a little bit more success: uh, Stephen Stamkos, at a s- similar age too. Steven Stamkos, who is the, uh, on the Lightning, said people tend to not expect a lot from you once you get kind of past 30, but he's proven them wrong again. I would love to see him get a chance to win, but he's also a proud guy that loves being the captain and wearing that jersey in Philly. So it's, it's interesting because it, even other players see it. it. It's one of those weird ones where I, I can't really compare it to – I'm trying to think if there's any other players who have left as a rental – I mean, the only other guy I can think of at the end of his career was Patrick Marlowe, who spent his entire year with his entire career with the Sharks. And eventually they traded him away. Or I don't even know if they traded him. He might have just had a contract expire. But so many guys have been moved or have left, you know, at their, you know, when they were still really good, like Rick Nash on the Blue Jackets when he went to the Rangers. Yeah. Martin St. Louis wound up retiring with the, um, 
Lightning. After playing with the Rangers, but he, he was with the Lightning forever. Vinny LeCavalier was with the Lightning forever and left. Um, Joe Pavelski from the Sharks, but he left like in his early 30s, or like mid to late 30s, I guess. And then a lot of other players, like you don't really stick with one team your entire career anymore. So it's tough to see. And it's tough to, to really, I don't even know. It's tough. I mean, like Philly gets these nice players, these great players, and it's just bad time. Yeah. Like we're we're seeing it now with Embiid. I mean, you haven't taken him for granted. I'm getting yeah. into basketball a little bit more, and I'm glad it's at the peak of Embiid right now. But yeah. only one would wonder if they don't make a move, and they're wasting basically this short short window of Embiid, who's now healthy, who's basically perfecting his game as we speak each game. Claude Giroux is just sitting there wasting years on this team that just doesn't know where it's going. It's a fascinating career arc because he was drafted in the first round, I think, in 06. Bobby Clark forgot Giroux's name when he went to the the podium (laughs) to say it. He ascended pretty quickly. He came up in 08, um, played his first game in Ottawa, I believe. Then in the the 08-09 season, um, he he was brought up at one point. Finished the year with the team, and in 2009-10, he was on the team full time. And then by the next year, he was—I'm um, sorry, two years later—he was the guy, and he was the top line center. He was top five in points in the league. And I think once he stopped being a complimentary piece and the guy and became the guy, that's when fans started to turn on him a little bit, and then stopped appreciating him, even though he had basically a decade of elite hockey play, um, power play, penalty kill, and five on five. He's always been up there, and I think as he's winding down, still very productive, more so than a lot of guys his age who have had as much mileage on their bodies. However, he uh, is he's getting a little bit more recognition. The only team I've seen kind of tied to him mm-hmm. is the Avalanche. Um, I'm sure Toronto will be tied to him because they're tied. To, they're, they're like the um, <laughs> they're like the Cowboys and the Lakers of hockey, where the fans want to put everybody in the jersey. So, who knows what will happen. Uh, the Flyers just hired Daniel Briere, who was a former Flyer, former Saber, um, also played with the Canadians and the Avs and the um, Coyotes in his career. Uh, he was he was hired as a special assistant to the GM uh, Chuck Fletcher. I think this might be a PR move. It's also typical Flyers to announce something like this in the middle of um, a time where everybody is paying their attention elsewhere. Um, <laughs> pretty sure they fired somebody like on Super Bowl Sunday once. <laughs> Whether it was Hextall or Hackstall or something, but um, they Enjoy hire the him. And, yeah, in the middle of all the Harden rumors, hey, we hired Daniel Briere. Cool, thanks. Um, that seems like a fake title, but at least they kept him from being the GM in Montreal. <laughs> so, a fake t- if, dude. You don't watch The Office, but there's a character named Dwight Schrute. Yeah, who's like a suck up and like the best worker in The Office to uh, Steve Carell's character, Michael Scott. His title is an unofficial title, and it's called Assistant to the Regional Manager. Oh but it's it's not a real title but for him it means the world that's yeah. what that reminds me special assistant to the general manager daniel briere means nothing yeah it's a it's just a it's just a way for him like you said not to take a gm spot somewhere else yeah, yeah so it's interesting i think it's a good way to keep him in the organization and maybe maybe ascend him to the gm ranks um something's got to change yeah so we'll touch on the nfl a little bit more on friday when we do our kind of our full big game episode and also touch on the coaching hires and stuff yeah um for the time being we'll do a little bit of mlb and then we'll wrap it up with our w's and our l's um 
So Rob Manfred is going to address the media Thursday. There's going to be small meetings. The The players union and the owners will not be meeting oh, between man. now and then. However, there will be some small meetings. I think Tony Pena and um, someone else, I think Pena and Manfred are meeting with somebody. Small meetings, not big ones. Yeah. Um, Marcus Stroman, outspoken about this whole thing called Manfred Man Clown. He said <laughs> Man Clown and his boys need to figure it out and stop ruining the game of baseball. Spring training is you know, basically going to be delayed at this point. Um, the beginning of the season is in jeopardy of being moved back. I don't know if it's going to move the season back or if it's just going to cancel spring training and go straight to the season. Uh, or if maybe what they'll do is, you remember when the pandemic hit and they, they played spring training, didn't play the season, but then in, the, in like June, July-ish, they had like a mini two-week spring training, basically. They called it summer camp. And the teams... The season. Yeah, I think they're going to shorten the season. I think at this point, my best guess is they'll probably play. If they don't play at 162, they might play 148 or something and maybe have a two-week spring training period instead of going to Florida and Arizona. Just have the teams work out by themselves and kind of get into game shape that way. The season will be a very slow start, and then it'll probably ramp up by the time July hits. Um there are still some unsigned free agents. Clayton Kershaw still sitting out there. Trevor Story's out there. Um, I don't remember. Baez got paid, right? So Correa's the other big one. Um, Castellanos is still available. Um, Schwarber. So a lot of names sitting there. And um, weirdly enough, steroids are legal again. Uh, in the in the uh, at the height of the Bonds and Clemens thing. So technically speaking, they're legal. However, they're probably going to be banned again. Um, the MLB has something called the Joint Drug Agreement, which is a, a part of the collective bargaining agreement. It cannot be renewed. So it, it has since expired a few days ago. Can't be renewed until the CBA is agreed upon. Um, but, I like how it's conveniently expired after the Hall of Fame vote. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? But right now, um, technically, you could do some, you could. I wonder how many guys are going to get caught when uh, spring training hits and they start doing um, testing again. I wonder if there'll be anybody that just hits 10 bombs in a week and they go, Hey, we're going to go test you real quick. Be in this cup for me. I mean, if you're, if you're basically going to shorten the season, almost have no spring training. The best thing right now is steroid to get these guys to fucking hit the ball. Get them like, the playing the shape. I think it's a, it wouldn't be a bad thing for baseball to start late anyway, start in May and it'll cut out the freezing cold month. That too. And probably, that weird spot where baseball is the prominent sport. Yeah. Because March yeah. Madness is coming around. Yeah, you got March Madness, and then you got the hockey and basketball playoffs, and then you got the ML, I'm sorry, the NFL draft. But really, baseball is not prominent until July because June is really when it's, you know, basketball usually ends in the middle of June. Hockey ends about the beginning. And, you know, you don't really have anything football-wise until August. And even then, nobody cares about preseason. So the draft. Baseball, usually it's it's – getting hot in the middle of the summer but but those do those tuesday night games in april when like twins come to town it's like 48 degrees on a tuesday i'm like ah, but tickets for six bucks gotta go and you go and you're freezing your nuts off i, I don't miss those games at all <laughs> so it wouldn't be the end of the world if they pushed back a little bit or even if they if they did have spring training if they just used three weeks of spring training instead of five and you know pitchers and catchers i don't know what the cba says right now i don't know if players are allowed to gather um, no, but yeah. hopefully pitchers and catchers can, you know, do something together. I'm sure a lot of these guys are staying in game shape, but 
they can't be in uh, team facilities. I'm pretty sure they can't have contact with no. team personnel. So they can I mean, speak to one another. Like JT Realmuto can text whatever Aaron Nola and they could put together something, but I don't think they're able to talk to the coaching staff or anything. I mean, they also, I heard that uh, baseball players are banned from going to any spirit Halloween stores. So yeah, that's that because be. they're, they're converting all the clubhouses into spirit Halloweens. Yeah. So they don't want to mistaken someone walking into a spirit Halloween or a clubhouse. So smart decision by the MLB. I mean, the base, the steroid thing, baseball, listen to me right now. The Hall of Fame had, what, five guys who took PEDs? You wrongfully took out Bonds and Clemens, basically, or not, because of PEDs. Yet, three days later, this fucking contract agreement is expired. So now, technically speaking, as of this moment right now, baseball players can juice to the gills. What, what, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Yeah, and, and not and, to mention. And mind you, if this doesn't get like uh you know a new contract and we go into the season and say i don't know fucking name i don't know alex door hits like 40 bombs scott king is gonna be 260 pounds yeah and he hits and he becomes like a hall of famer down his career you're gonna take this year 2022 where he took peds because it was legal (laughs) give me a break baseball get your shit together not to mention, players were using things like meth and coke a long time ago, and you know, showing up to games hungover. So let's not pretend that baseball has always been this. You know, the gatekeeping of baseball is one of the worst things in sports. Let's not pretend that this is like it's a, a hollow ground. Sport. Yeah, give me a break. All right, you got anything else? You want to jump into the uh, the wins and losses of the episode? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, beginning of the episode, I told you I didn't have an L, but. I got an L. So I have three um, L's and two W's. Um, uh, what do you have this time? Because you beat me last week. You had like three and three. I had like one and one. You beat me this week. Uh, let's start with the L's. I only have one. Okay. Um, um, do you want me to run through mine? Or you want to start with yours? You know, start with start with yours in case it's the same as one of mine. Ah, uh, dude. The NFL Pro Bowl. Ah. What a fucking joke that is. I disaster. didn't see it. But my God, Twitter went on a rampage. And Did you watch I saw the highlights at least? You mean the lowlights? Yeah. No, the, the, the lights, I guess. I mean, the only highlight was Mac Jones playing football the right way. <laughs> you run until you get tackled. He didn't slide. He was two-hand touched by two people. They blow it dead. He kept running because he wasn't tackled like a true patriot. Bill Belichick would have been if he if Bill Belichick was dead he would have been rolling in his grave, but thankfully he's not dead. Bill Belichick would have probably gave him a, he probably would have benched him, opening day, of the NFL season if Mac Jones stopped running after getting, quote unquote tackled with two hands. He ran all the way to the end zone and did the gritty. That's a highlight for me. Everything else was just shit. Every quarterback in the NFC threw a pick, multiple. Kirk Cousins was out there longer than. Kyler Murray, which was a crime in itself. Kyler Murray, who will get to on Friday. Should be ashamed of themselves. Whoever started that, man. And then just benched him after three plays. It's craziness for Kirk Cousins. I bet the NFC liked that. Pro Bowl sucked, dude. What? And then I saw a comparison. The two-hand touch that they played versus Sean Taylor murdering someone yeah. was like <laughs> next-level stuff. 
I'm going to give all my thoughts on Friday when we talk about football, basically exclusively on the pod. This is um, a preview. But I, I was, I was not, I was disappointed, but I wasn't surprised by the way the game went. Pro Bowl is always bad, and I'll, we'll talk. I'll, I'll, we're going to do a lot of football Friday, I'm trying to save my thoughts and my questions for then. So I'll give you a thorough thought on the uh, the Pro Bowl when we get to Friday. But I agree, it was a, it was a, it was a disgrace. Shame. Um, and John Madden passed away. How dare yeah. you? So Scum. I'm going to share my three L's. My first L is going to be the Sixers current television broadcast booth. You hate that lady. Um, Kate Smith or Kate Scott. She's, I don't mind her. She's on the radio every so often. She'll call into like 97.5 to interviews. Very cool. Like a lifer in sports. But ever since we got, you, you, you ever like, you're drinking water all day, water all day, water all day. And then you get like a, just a little like three ounce sip of like Coca-Cola. And you're like, Ooh, that's delicious. And then you go back to water. Yeah. That's what it was when Kate had COVID and Tom McGinnis did all the TV games. Um, Oh, Tom McGinnis and Mark Jackson were phenomenal on TV. Allah Abdelnabi, not only is he wrong about half the things he talks about, he sounds like A-Rod where it sounds like he's almost reading a script half the time. Yeah. And I like Kate, and I think she's got impossible shoes to fill with Zumoff. Yeah, for sure. Um, who it, it's a crime against nature that he didn't get a championship. Just like in a just a it's just upsetting. And Allah, who I never really liked to begin with, because I really liked Malik Rose when he was here. Mm-hmm. But Allah, I think he's got to go. They, I would prefer to. And um, Kate even said on the radio her her um, her audition to be the play by play announcer for the Sixers was with Mark Jackson. And she said they had amazing chemistry when they did it together. Even if they just replaced Allah with him or they replaced Kate with uh, Tom McGinnis, which would probably be a bad PR look, um, I would be totally fine with it because I just think – so I counted two times tonight, almost in the span of about 10 minutes, where they they both made goofs. Oh, no. Kate read the wrong score leading into a commercial break. Uh, it was a, a crucial commercial break with like three minutes left in the fourth. And not too long before that – I'm sorry, that was Allah that did that. Not too long before. No, no, I'm sorry. No, Are it you was, doing a it, goof? No, it was Allah. <laughs> and not too long before that, Kate called Alfred Payton Gary Payton. Oh, no. I'm like, first of all, Gary Payton's retired and his son's on the Warriors. Oh, no. And I don't know. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of her big calls. Um, Zuma Curry for, for three. Unbelievable. And, and like a glass in my cupboard shatters. Um, <laughs> so my oh. second, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna just say I've done the live play by play. I'll cut I'll cut her some slack. Oh no no she, she's I'm not at all criticizing her because she's bad. I just think it's not working. No no those goofs like the names like yeah. you do all the prep but in the moment you're the, there and just the difference you fudge however up. you fudge up the difference with names is it's different if you're doing D two volleyball and you got to figure out, yeah you got to figure out who John Jenkins is and then uh, you know Kate Williams over here. And you got to figure out who the, the UMass placeholder is for football or whatever. Yeah. When you're doing NBA games, you know when number 25 on the the Knicks walks through the door, you know it's Derrick Rose or whatever. It's uh, You know six on the Lakers is LeBron. You should know who these guys are, especially if you're prepping all day and that's your job. And it's not like it happens often, but it was just really annoying tonight when it happened. Um, second L is going to be Hugh Jackson, former Browns coach, Uh-oh. who uh, alleged that he was offered money 
to lose games and then like two days later walked back just shut the hell up and get out of the spotlight my friend because you're not oh doing yourself any God. justice you're never getting a job in the nfl again you sucked and you're an idiot um your own assistant coaches thought you were a bozo and it was broadcast live or not live but it was broadcast on 24 7 the or whatever the hbo thing is uh, hard knocks uh-huh just shut the hell up. Um, nobody needs to hear from you. Oh my! Don't come God. out and make these claims, and then two days later, walk them back. Five minutes um, of fame, and that just kind of disrespects yeah. and belittles Brian exactly. Flores. Is, yeah. It oh it discredits God. Flores exactly. I, and also, uh, my third L is the food they're giving out at the Olympics to the Olympians. Um, a, a Russian athlete named Valeria. I'm going to assume it's Valeria. Vasnetsova, she posted a picture on um, Instagram. She says, "This is what they have been serving every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for five days." Um, it looks like, um, I don't know. It's, so you got some. It. I sent it to you on Twitter. Um, oh, so it looks like you get some microwave penne. Um, no, maybe a bird. This? It looks like a pigeon. Some pickles. What the um, fuck is that? Uh, looks like unseasoned chicken with a tomato underneath of it, and then like an abortion in the top left corner. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's salsa or if that's the pasta sauce, but it looks disgusting, and I feel bad for these. Are amazing athletes, and it, uh, it it's a testament to when Usain Bolt ate 100 chicken nuggets a day yeah. the Olympics because it was the only thing he said his stomach could he could trust wouldn't destroy his stomach. So that's my third L. Picture's um, disgusting. It reminds me of the, the, the cots that they had in Russia the one year. Remember, remember the villages look like crap. Oh, yeah. They should be getting gourmet food every single day. These are the best athletes in the world, best amateur athletes in the world. All right. Let's let's rank this. Top left. Um some fucking disaster of a chili. I don't know what the hell that is, dude. The one in the, the top middle. Those look like potatoes. Like four baby potatoes, but like, I thought they were pickles at first. <laughs> I can see why, but they look like soggy potatoes. They're baby uh potatoes. And I would grant I would give it the benefit of that looks like the chili has been eaten. <laughs> unless that's just it just over time it been, just evaporates. Now what is that in the top right corner? Raw chicken. It looks like a chicken that hasn't been cooked. It looks like raw chicken and something red under it, maybe like okay. a, a bell pepper. I don't know. All right. The pasta in the bottom left looks bottom okay. left looks like no, it looked like it was just like, they also look like they've all been cut in half. Yeah, they've like been cut in half, but it's also boiled, but not put in water for like <laughs> an hour, but not cooked, just in water and then drained and then it's put just in the softened. Pasta. They, yes. they put it in cold water for they just filled a sink up and put these all in there. And they then took, the right corner, that looks no, like a bat. That they thing took in the right corner. to the series. Dude, a bat looks like a know. beak. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, that's it uh, looks like the Baltimore Ravens logo. Yeah, that's a been... pelican, is what that is. <laughs> and it does and there's barely any meat on that bone. Yeah, that does look like the Ravens logo. This is nasty, dude. All right. If you gotta rank them five through one. What am I eating first? Right, put put them one through five. What what is I'm gonna first, go I'm gonna go pasta one. Pasta one. One thousand percent. Pasta one, potato two. Sauce three. <sighs> So in fairness, that the pelican in the bottom right corner looks like it's been cooked. I might go with that. I'll go with that before I hit the salsa. Yeah, the salmonella in the top right corner is probably five for me. There's a tomato underneath that, I think. I'll Unless probably take the tomato. It's probably I take just that. It's probably just the nose of the chicken that hasn't been cooked. 
or the little thing that hangs off the the, the turkeys. Yeah, what's the thing that hangs off the turkey? It looks like a booger. Oh, I can't. Uh, even, I don't know. Whatever what it's called. called. Um, <laughs> the gullet. Is that what it's called? I don't know, dude. <laughs> but that that's pathetic. I feel terrible for these athletes. Oh, it's just disheartening. And then um, the waddle, I believe. The waddle, Jalen. <laughs> um, what's uh, you have one W? Oh, dude, what is that? I cannot believe that's the food they're serving these Olympic. You train your entire life. You make it <laughs> to represent your country. And the hosting countries feed you that bullshit. It looks like it's worse than literally. It's literally worse than when I got fed in high school. So Michael Phelps is rolling oh, over his grave right now because <laughs> you remember Michael Phelps's diet was just eat as much crap as possible and then just train all day. Yeah. If he had to go to the Olympics and eat this crap, he would die. He would have never made history. He would actually die. Like literally die. Um, I hope she's not getting backlash. No, there's no way she can be. I can't believe uh, she's the only one of everyone that's there to post this. Oh, let me. People I'll, are I'll pussies. Look, I'll look at more food. I mean, they're all, they're probably all dead. <laughs> oh, here we go. Four hundred tweets today about the Olympic food. It's probably all the same picture, though. Yeah, it's all the same picture. Yeah, what is this? The corn on the cob, olives, is that jalapenos? Ew, hard-boiled eggs. They, they, they have hard-boiled eggs, but they're just full hard-boiled eggs on top of spinach. Um, this is bad, dude. The NBA bubble had better food than this. I don't want to look at this anymore. Oh, dude, I'll give you something before I go to my W's. Apparently oh, on Christ. this thread, on this thread of uh, this post that I saw for the uh, food, there's a picture of the Minnesota Vikings, like, I guess, stadium and whatnot, you know, field, empty seats, whatever. The caption says, Stephen A. Smith just said, if Justin Jefferson played in a warmer city, he'd have oh, he'd have over 2,000 yards. Vikings play indoors. Kings stay kings. Reminds me of the Austin Jeffrey thing. We playing indoors. <laughs> this is craziness. All right, my W's. You ready? Yep. Uh Again, we'll touch on this later on uh, Football Friday, but I can't be remiss. The Steelers, doing it right. They just they just do everything right except for the Ben Roethlisberger nonsense. That's just a blip. They go and try to interview Lewis Riddick to be their general manager. What a hire. What I would do for him to be the GM here. If he gets hired, I, I can't find this anywhere. Maybe you have better luck, and we'll touch on this Friday, of course. Sure. It would be the first black GM and black head coach combo at the same time. I can't think of one. The only other black GM I can think of off the top of my head was the guy that was in Houston. Was there a black head coach? No, it was Bill O'Brien. See, that's what I'm saying. It would be the first. You might be right. I would have to do some research on that. I mean, unless you count. Pittsburgh is always ahead of the curve. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, unless you count the guys who were like a coach that was also the GM, but I think that's only Pete Carroll, Matt Rule, and um, and Andy Reid. So and Chip Kelly, no, and Chip maybe there. So fat white man, you might be right. It's probably the first time in a while. Yeah. So shout out to Steelers and our boy Lewis Lewis Riddick. All the yeah. best to him. I like Lewis Riddick a lot. Um, number two, the Caribbean series, Colombia, <laughs> Colombia. They win it for the first time. Ever, and they slay the beast. They slay the dragon in the Dominican Republic, and they beat them in the series. I don't know what the series was, but whatever it is, Colombia. 
Felicidades. There was also a fight, wasn't there? That I cannot confirm or deny. I don't I'm pretty know. sure. I don't know if it was a Caribbean series, but John Boy posted the video of the umpire fighting the player, and I think it uh, was in the Caribbean series. It, I, no way. I, I could be wrong. No way. It had to be like a triple A, double A, single A. Probably. No way. I can't. And uh, my third uh, W, I'll send you. I'll do a screenshot. Um, Rob, do you remember what happened in Toronto when Devin Booker took a free throw shot? Yes. Uh, the mascot, the Raptor, doing his thing, whatever, and then Devin Booker cry wolf, and uh, basically got him exiled. Well, <laughs> Chicago Bulls, Benny the Bull, did something similar when uh, Devin Booker and the Suns visited Chicago, and I'll show you the video. He's being restrained. Wait, you can't hear it, can you? I can't, but I can see it. All right, whatever. Why would they do this in the second quarter? Why would they waste this in the first half? <laughs> it's Devin Booker at the line, and the fans have a picture of Benny the Bull, and Benny the Bull is being restrained by two security guards. Heavily, he's being restrained That's as Devin Booker is taking a shot and he makes it, which is hilarious because, uh, you know, Devin Booker hates mascots, apparently. He's, he's become the. He's uh, soft. Jesus. He's soft. I don't know. There's there's someone who has that crown. I think Kendall Jenner just dates softies. Do you remember when Booker got double teamed in a pickup game and he said, "We're not doubling here." Follow me. I can double team every time. He said, "We're we're here to work on our games." What a bitch. He's a pansy. All right, I have two uh, two Ws. Nothing special. Uh, my first one's Claude Giroux for all of the memories here. In the event that he gets traded before our next W and Ls, I want to make sure I uh, commemorate him. Um, I grew up watching him, uh, not like as a young kid, but when I really was into hockey, he was like, he be, he was the first like prospect I remember making the team. So I, I feel like I watched him grow up mm-hmm. and um, in a way he watched me grow up. Oh, um, I had, um, when I was a kid, we were fortunate enough to have season tickets to the Flyers and in uh, game three of the 2010 Stanley Cup finals, he scored the game winning overtime goal. And my dad and I were in the front row watching it. So Oh, nice. but, uh, if you actually watch the video, you can find us. Um, I sent you a video, by the way, of um, HBO 24-7 used to follow hockey teams around. I Is was it? in one of the episodes. No way. Yeah. You sent it to me? I'll, yes. I'll look at it after um, the show. I'll send it to you again. Uh, I think it's like a minute 48 in. Uh, the Penguins scored, and you can see me in the front row just like not impressed. And it's not just like, <laughs> oh, there's me, there's me. Like, no, I'm like legit in the middle of the picture. <laughs> um, but Giroux for winning all-star MVP, it feels like his swan song and it's uh, very depressing. And then my second one, the relationship that Joe Burrow and Andrew Whitworth have developed, uh, Whitworth last year was out with an injury. Burrow was out with the ACL. Uh-huh. They became like friends, I guess. And, uh, they watched football together every Sunday. They kind of got along. Um, Joe Burrow spent his birthday at Whitworth's house. They became, they like kind of bonded with one another, um, while injured, I'll see if I can find the tweet. Uh, I saw it the other day, but it goes to show how cool of a guy um, Andrew Whitworth is. Uh, let me find it real quick. Um, Joe Burrow says when he was rehabbing in his ACL in Los Angeles, he didn't know many people. So Rams left tackle Andrew Whitworth took him under his wing uh, while they were both rehabbing. They watched games together on Sundays and Burrow spent his birthday at Whitworth's house. Uh, Whitworth is currently the oldest player in the NFL. And I think Burrow would be the second youngest quarterback to win a Super Bowl. 
if he's able to do it behind uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I would have to fact check that. But what a cool thing for Whitworth to do. A guy that's not even on his team yeah, reached out to right. him and was just like, hey, look, I'm dealing with the same thing here. You want to watch football? Get out of your own head. I think it's awesome. That's pretty cool. I like those those kind of stories. Like, and they and now look at them both in the Super Bowl. Yeah, basically to see who's who's the best. What are the odds that Whitworth said, "Hey, uh, that ACL would have never happened if the Bengals would have just paid me"? <laughs> because the Bengals once upon a time had Whitworth, they let him walk. I would probably say five percent. He would say something like that. <laughs> but good for them. Um, this is the most likable uh, Super Bowl that I can remember. Uh, we will yeah. break it all down into the best of our ability on Friday. A lot of people got the Bengals. I'm just saying. Interesting. Joe Burr. Yeah. A lot of good props out there. I'll see if I can find a list of props. We can just, uh, oh, dude. we can guess on them. I'm probably not going to put any money on the game, which is uh, a shame. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> Until then, however, uh, my co host and I will be doing very different things tomorrow. I will be sleeping. He will be. I, you know, I'll watch the event. We can talk about it on Friday. I'll watch a little bit if I remember. If you, if you text me to watch it, I'll watch it. Is it on TV? Yes. Uh, well, I'll TBS. watch it. Okay. So right after the Friends Marathon. Yes. Um, I've been trying to watch as much of the um, Olympics as possible. Thursday, I'm going to watch USA play against, I think, China and men's ice hockey. By the way, before we wrap it up, China, their men's ice hockey team only has nine Chinese people on it. Yes, you told which me doesn't that. feel legal. Um, oh wait, I thought you were going to talk about the the name, the the one American name. Yes. So, <laughs> the Chinese team. I got to find the picture. Take a picture. Here we go. Um, the goalie for Team China. His name is Jeremy Smith, which is almost definitely not a Chinese name. So the roster was announced on the twenty eighth of January, two thousand twenty two. Due to the lack of ice hockey talent in China, play, players had to be recruited from abroad. The men's hockey <laughs> team has 11 Canadians, nine Chinese, three Americans, and one Russian, and the head coach is Italian. Um, so I did a little bit of, I guess, I don't even want to call it research. So I know some of these names. Jeremy Smith actually played in the American League a little while back. Um, it looks like most of the players are from a team that plays in the KHL. Um, from China, like China has a team in the Russian league. Yeah. So most of these players, I guess, get by on a technicality because they play for a Chinese team. Um, Legalities. They have um, listen to the names of the three of the three goalies. All right. They have uh, Peng Fei Han, Paris O'Brien, and Jeremy Smith. Um, one one of these things is not like the others. <laughs> Paris, <laughs> but I'm very interested to watch the games because I want to hear Kenny Albert say like some of these guys' names. It's very fun watching like the Russians because it's like Parafanov and Ilutsov and Williamov and Fatisov, and then like the Canadians are just like regular names, and then like all of the Finnish players have an N at the end, it's like Newmanin, Wellinin, and then the Chinese team is going to be like Williams Wait. and uh. And Smith and Fawn. So, and Fu. But uh, the I believe USA plays China on Thursday. So, I have a free Wednesday night to watch the game. I'm sorry to watch the event. <laughs> um, 
I'm excited for you to experience that in person. Have you ever been to a live, live show like that? Uh, wrestling? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, TV too. Yeah, I've been. I haven't been to a pay per view, but okay. The only pay per view I would go to besides WrestleMania, but I'm not breaking the bank, is Royal Rumble. Yeah, I've only been to two events. Uh, one of them was uh, SmackDown in like 2005, I think it was. Mm-hmm. It was right after a match where Bradshaw got choke slammed through the ring at a pay per view, and then he crawled out. It was a cage match. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll have to look. I think it was No Way Out, maybe. And then the other event that I was at was on the Wildwood Beach. Um, it was actually one of Chris Candido's final public appearances before he uh, passed away. So the two events I've been to have been pretty cool. I saw Chris Candido versus the Patriot in the main event. I mean, I have no idea who that is, but for being the main event yeah. and you had a good yeah. ass time. Yeah, okay. it was cool. That's we got rained on. For. Yeah, we got oh, rained Jesus. on the way back. My mom and I went to the McDonald's on the boardwalk and then had to run back to the room. <laughs> good memories, right? Yeah. I'm hoping uh, there's some good memories on uh, when I go to the show. Apparently, that whoever debuts, hopefully it's not like Shane McMahon. You imagine if it's Shane McMahon, I'd probably would walk up. It'll be Vince McMahon. He's just gonna give up on his company. God. You imagine if Vince McMahon saying, "You know what? I just bought AEW." I would have been like, "All right, fuck this. I'm done with wrestling." They're gonna have a really crappy invasion 2.0. You'll never catch me watching wrestling again. Yeah. Never. All right. Well. Well, this has been fun. For sure. You're um you'll be at the event tomorrow. Uh, I will be at work time. again for the next three days. We'll record again Friday. Football talk a little Friday. bit, talk about a little bit about the big game for the final time. Uh, at least until we wrap it up. Uh, talk about it after the fact. We'll talk about some of the coaching hires. Um, talk about kind of our offseason plans a little bit. Um, looking forward to talking more basketball and baseball. And um, we're gonna we're gonna bury the pro bowl and do a little bit of um, an early off season outlook. Give you an idea what we're going to do in the future. Nothing crazy early on, but we'll discuss kind of what we're going to do moving forward with the off season, including an idea that we actually came up with on the fly earlier. Um, Excited. Interesting stuff. I'm excited to uh, see where the podcast goes. We made it through 40 episodes and we haven't, uh, we haven't screamed at each other yet. Um, and I think we're on the upswing. No screaming here. Not at two in the morning. No, no, not with these late pods. <laughs> not at all. But uh, yeah, it's been fun. 40, 40 down. Can you believe it, Rob? 40 down. Yeah. Hey, yo, if you've listened to this up to this point, the hell's wrong God with bless you. that and God bless you at the same time. Yeah. Get some sleep. Um. And we'll you catch think him. there's you think oh. there's anybody but us two that has listened to all the episodes, at least a p five minutes of each episode. Yeah, I think a handful. I think I well, hope. I think what's hurt us a little bit is my uh, my social media presence. It just took a nosedive out of nowhere, and no one knows why. Right. So uh, once I get back on the social media, I'll ramp it up. But a lot of people when I did, uh, you know share the podcast and have people hey listen to us the numbers did go a little up a little bit yeah. one guy would be consistent like hey man listen to it. it was it was pretty good i only can listen for like 10 minutes or 20 minutes but like keep going keep going yeah and they all said the same thing though can they do it for like an hour like two hours is kind of a little much and i'm like ah, yeah. i know yeah, but two's like- a little much one is uh one is like your commute to and from work <laughs> yeah basically 
for me, it's great because it's just, you know, one podcast does my round trip yeah. of the day. And if I'm solo at work, I got eight hours on my own. I can listen to a pod or two. So you can listen to us, what, four times? Yeah. I'll just, <laughs> uh, just get the plays up. There you go. Um, well, again, right. guys, we'll see you uh, Friday. Uh, get your money ready because we're going to throw us down some parlays. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you. Adios.